following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Hello, everyone. Kent and Bev Maddox here. Welcome you to Word Alive Live. Literally, we're live today. Bev, good morning to you. Well, good morning. I... I'm alive, but I may not be quite awake yet, y'all. I woke up at 2 this morning, couldn't go back to sleep until 5, and Kent said, hey, about time to get ready. I said, what are we doing this morning? (laughs) He said, remember, you said you had a word you were going to share with me. I was like, okay, I've got this. Good morning. Here we are. We're in an unusual set. We're setting in witnesses of some of the most amazing miracles that have transpired in our generation. These are chairs that we acquired from A.A. Allen's ministry. He had 11 tents in his lifelong ministry, but one thing that never changed was the chairs. And so these chairs that we have acquired from his son, uh, Asa Allen, are actually witnesses of the miracles that transpired in the tent. And my goodness, some amazing miracles transpired. We just felt like today that we were going to sit here in the midst of these witnesses, and we want to minister to you in a bit, but I really believe something today is going to get unlocked. I've just sensed in my spirit there's some type of breakthrough, something being unlocked for you and for us in this season. You know, we're in the season of Pentecost, and we're just now entering the season of celebrating the Feast of Pentecost. I think it actually starts yesterday or today. And so this is one of those appointed times. This is when those times that God says, get near me during this time. Call upon me while I'm near. And so I just want you to just say to yourself out loud right there, I'm at the right place at the right time because I believe something significant is going to transpire in our time together today. I want to remind you, coming up on the 23rd Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, one service only at 10 a.m., Chuck Pierce will be here with us for Pentecost, and I talked to him by text this morning, and he's excited, Bev, to come and be with us. He loves coming here because he knows that this is a place of double portion anointing, and I think every time that he comes, he leaves just recharged, strengthened, ready to go back out for the battle, so I think it's a great trip for Chuck when he comes So that'll be one service, 10 a.m., Sunday the 23rd, as we celebrate Pentecost, right after the service, we're going to eat together, we're going to have a celebration here on campus, going to have hot dogs, hamburgers, uh, Kona ice trucks going to be around, it's just going to be a big celebration, so we can't wait to celebrate Pentecost, this is at Deuteronomy 16, 16, that says something along these lines, Come before the Lord three times a year. Don't come empty-handed so that a blessing can rest on your house. And so we're excited about celebrating Pentecost. We'll be offering our first fruits offering, and we'll be hearing a word from Chuck. And we believe Holy Spirit will do some very, very significant things. So we look forward to seeing you next Sunday on the 23rd. Just before Bev and I take a moment and uh, share the word with you, we feel like the Lord's really put it in our heart today. Uh, we want to go to worship. Brian Whalen and Robin Ricks have so graciously come this morning. We just want to do a bit of worship, and then Bev and, I'll be, Bev and I'll be back, and we'll minister to you. So let's just enter into the presence of the Lord today through worship and thanksgiving. My words fall short 
I got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do But every song must end you So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah And I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king Except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah I've got one response I've got just one move With my arms stretched wide you so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again cause all that I have is a hallelujah hallelujah and I know it's not much but I've nothing else fit for a king Except for hearts singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, my soul, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song. You've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Oh, come on my soul Oh, don't you get shy on me Lift up your song Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Oh, my soul Come on, my soul, oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song, cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs, get up and praise the Lord, one more time, come on, my soul, come on, my soul, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song, cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the lion roar. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for my King. Except for heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Man, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Robin. That's so anointed, Lord. I just feel the presence of the Lord all over us here, and I know you do there watching. So we just thank you, Lord, for your presence that's here with us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here with us today. We just honor you. We bless you and we worship you and we do offer our hallelujah to our King today in Jesus' name. You know, I'm sitting in the midst of these chairs and part of our worship is always a, a given declaration and we'll be given that. But I'm reminded uh, R.W. Shambach, who was very kind to Bev and I and uh, in our ministry when we got to be with him when we were working for Pastor Benny Hinn. He came to our church one day and he told the story that he was the worship leader for A.A. A. Allen in Birmingham, Alabama, when a lady drove from Tennessee with her child that needed 26 miracles, blind, deaf, uh, crippled, club feet, paralyzed, uh, staggering, and he tells the story so eloquently. We showed it a couple of weeks ago. We may re-air it again this week just so you can see it, but he tells the story so powerful. R.W. Shambach was not only the worship leader, but he would teach faith in the morning sessions, and he said he watched this lady with his baby that had driven down uh, from Tennessee and just believe in God for a miracle. And he said every time the offering was uh, taken, she would come and she would put something in the offering. And he said, I watched her all week, sit under that faith teaching, give those offerings. He said, and just before the meetings were to end, they had one more night that she came to him. She said, I'm going to have to go home. And he said, well, why would you have to go home? He said, well, I've been staying in a hotel, you know, paying for meals in restaurants, giving offerings every day, and I'm down to my last $20. <laughs> Sorry. And... Uh, he said, well, don't you go home today, lady. He said, if either, he, either your son will get called. They used to call prayer cards, he, and, and her son hadn't been called the whole time. He said, either they will call your car tonight, or I will take your baby personally, and I will put him in the hands of the man of God and have him pray before you go home. So don't, don't go home yet. So he said she stayed. So he said that night A.A. Allen came out, and it was very unusual for him to do this, but right in the midst of starting to minister, he stopped and said, we're going to take a faith offering tonight. He said maybe only two or three times in the whole history of his ministry had he seen him do that. He said, we're going to take a faith offering tonight. We're going to do it quick, but God's going to do something miraculous. He said, I watched that lady jump out of her seat and come flying down to the front and drop an offering in that bucket. And he said, she'd already told me it was her last $20. He said, you know, I'm curious. <laughs> so he said, I jumped off the platform to look into that bucket. And sure enough, it was her last $20 bill. And he said, Lord, he said he went behind the stage and just cried, saying, Lord, what fate that woman has to have been here all week and given her last $20. He just said, Lord, let something happen for her tonight. And so A.A. Allen started ministering, and the next thing you know, he just began a word of knowledge. I see a lady. You've driven a long distance. Yeah, yes, you're from Tennessee. I see a child. And just went, listed every one of her child's ailments, where she was from, what had happened. 
And next thing you know, that child is on the platform. And before everybody in that tent meeting that night that these chairs witnessed, that child received 26 miracles. Mama Horn, a part of our church till she went to be with the Lord at 92 years of age, was in the meeting and with her own eyes witnessed this child hear, see, eyeballs forming eye sockets, ears open, feet grow out, and 26 miracles happened. And not only that, but that night the testimony was everybody in the tent was actually healed. It was a sovereign move of God. And so I just feel like there's something about us sitting here today, sitting in these chairs that were a witness of actually that miracle and many, many more. God wants to unlock something in our faith realm. God wants to unlock something in our lives today. And so I just want to encourage you in your giving today. Don't just give you know, as normal, but give in faith. Release faith as you give your tithes and offerings today because I do believe God is unlocking something in the supernatural realm. So let's say this giving it declaration out loud together. On the count of three, one, two, three, we are giving out of love and thankfulness for all the Lord has done. By our giving, we have taken a step into an abundant place of his supply. Therefore, we declare and decree the promise of double portion provision is released over this place, people, and region. To God be the glory and praise forevermore. Amen and amen and amen. So we just release faith today for supernatural release of God's miraculous provision in every area of our life in Jesus' name. Bev, won't you take off here because uh, you had a dream and felt like the Lord just began to speak by revelation. And I believe something, something's really important right now in this word. Well, first of all, I, I do want to attest to there is really, the, these chairs are witnesses, and there is a true anointing. I mean, it's just like when you walk into a house and you, you say to yourself, if you're looking for a new home, oh, I love the spirit about this house. I, I love the, the joy that I'm experiencing in here. I mean, and that's, that's real. Yes. I believe that. What, and then, of course, there's the opposite of that. You're like, no, I couldn't live here for the world. But since we have brought one of these chairs into our house, it is literally like a, a new portal of the prophetic has been released and the Lord kept giving me a scripture uh, and when we've been together and gathered because we keep using that word gathered we're gathering together and we're only seeing each other the once a month and so that's been really exciting but the Lord kept saying in my spirit Oh, how I've longed to gather you like a mother hen. How I've longed to bring my, my little chicks to myself. And so I read that portion of scripture, and this is actually what it says. This is Matthew 23, 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling Behold, your house is being left for you desolate, for I say to you, from now on you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, of course, my first response was, Lord, you took me in such a different direction. I felt, 
the, the whole nurturing mother love of God and the father's heart. But it's the truth. Israel was really in disarray. And folks, we just have to be realistic. You know, our nation is in disarray. And I'm not saying there won't be a visitation from the Lord, but I do believe that the key that Kent is talking about unlocking is being separated from God. He gets asked all the time, Kent, why don't you preach more about hell? Why don't you tell people to repent? Well, the truth about that is people who are not leading a godly life, I mean, they know exactly what we're doing. We don't have to remind them of that. And repentance, I love that it's Pentecost weekend. Repent means to turn, and pent means to go higher. And so I've always understood that, that as I turn from whatever it is that I'm doing that I believe or perceive or understand, to not be godly behavior, whether it's a, a word spoken too quickly, maybe I am overtired, I'm a little edgy, whatever, and then I'm like, oh, I could have handled myself so much better. There, The list just goes on and on and goes through the full spectrum of human emotions and human behaviors and whatever it is that we're doing that has separated us from God. So I had this scripture just percolating in my spirit about gathering and just being together and being able to just love one another and to understand that God has so much more for all of us and we don't want to be separated. So inherent in the repentance and in, in, in really encouraging everyone, including ourselves, to not do the things that we find that are displeasing, not only to God, but to our neighbors. The word clearly says, love God with all of your heart, love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, I read the uh, parable of the Good Samaritan, and at the end of it, when the disciples ask, well, so who is our brother? And he has just explained this whole story about how the rabbi, the neighbor, the friend, everybody has walked past this man lying. And then finally, the one who comes is perceived to be an enemy. But Jesus clearly says at the end of this, when they ask, now go and do this, that means Anyone that you find in these circumstances is your brother. And I think those are the things that we are finding ourselves being more and more separated from God. When I find myself in a situation where I know that I've done something that is not my best, I immediately begin to seek out the will of God. And first of all, how do I turn from that behavior? But the most important part, as I was having this dream, God kept taking me from all of these different encounters with individuals. And in seeing the individuals, I saw Christ in such a revelatory way. Every single person that I encountered, because this was a two-night experience, the Lord just really began to reveal himself to me in such a deeper, more loving filled with generosity, filled with joy, filled with life, filled with seeking him. And it wasn't necessarily that I was just turning away from something, but I was turning into him. Mm. I was turning literally into that God-likeness that he has given us to walk on the face of the earth. We are the body of Christ. And then um, the next little portion... Um, 
which, and I did want to mention this. What is so amazing to me is Matthew 23 comes right after the whole wedding parable where God is inviting everyone to come to this massive celebration and no one shows up. And he says, go to the highways and the byways, invite everyone, have them come. It doesn't matter if they have the right clothes. It doesn't matter if they bathed. It doesn't matter where they come from. All are welcome. All are included. And in this two-night dream that I had, the heart of God, the father heart, the mother God, who wants to gather all of his chicks like a mother hen, he kept introducing me more and more to all of the people who demonstrate that. And literally, as we see everything unfolding in Israel all of those years ago, they were experiencing political unrest financial unrest. Their socio-demographics were off the chart. More and more people were coming into the community. And especially when Jesus hit the scene, people came from all over to hear what he had to say. And so they were growing and not everyone knew exactly what to do with this. But God's heart was, I'm drawing you to myself. Everyone has a place at the table. Everyone is welcome. And so that caused more unrest everywhere that Jesus went. First of all, they didn't know how to house them and didn't know how to welcome them. And, of course, here I am uh, at Ephesians 1, 2, and it, it, it's a reminder for us. Remember that you were at one time separate and scattered from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. We, we were those people. We were the people who were separated from God. And so I love Kent's heart when anyone asks him, why don't you preach more about hell? Why don't you tell people to repent from their sinful ways? His answer is always, and I mean, he is really a, a, a pretty consistent fellow. He says, First of all, I'm not planning to go to hell, so I can't tell you that much about it, but I can tell you how to get there. And he comes full circle to Matthew 25. I was hungry, and you did not feed me. I was naked, and you did not clothe me. I was in prison, and you did not come see me. And, of course, the disciples' question is, well, when did we do that to you, Lord? And his response, also very consistent. When you did not do this for the least of those, you did not do it for me. And so I think that's where we find ourselves. We are right now in a place of amazing turning from all of the iniquities and the things that continue to perpetuate generational curses in our bloodline. And this is what real repentance looks like. It looks like turning from that behavior, but also turning into God. And you can look at that any way you want to. You can turn toward him, and you can become him. And I think that's exactly what God is asking us. He doesn't want us to be scattered about. He wants to gather us. Kent really, he gets a little nervous because when I was growing up as a little girl, I didn't get a lot of uh, what I call hug time or lap time or encouragement or nurturing or tendering, you know, it just didn't happen after a certain age. And so, you know, when the anointing is really manifesting in someone's life and they're broken and they, they just need that mother's love and that father's heart, I'm like, get right up here, climb right up in my lap. I'll rub your hair. I'll pet you. You can cry on my shoulder. I'll hold you and we'll go through this together. And, and it is, it's an anointing on my life because that is truly 
who I am. First of all, I'm a child of God, but I am a mom. And my mother's heart breaks for anyone who cannot see the value God has placed within them and think that they've done something so wrong that they are going to be continually and eternally separated from the love of God. That's simply not the case, my friends. And this is what we are unlocking today. We are unlocking how incredibly amazing you are and what God has called you to do, regardless of where you've been. And I mean, regardless, every one of us have made huge mistakes. We've said wrong things. We've been in terrible relationships. We've treated badly. We've hurt people. We've, we've been not the good guy. I, I truly get that. That The young artist Billie Eilish released a song, which it scares me a little bit, but I did watch the whole thing, and she's like, I'm the bad guy. And I had to say to myself, you know what? At times, we're all the bad guy, but we don't have to stay the bad guy. We can walk right out of that. We can walk out of all of our sin, all of our iniquity. We can turn from our wicked ways, and we can climb right up into the lap of our Father, Mother, God, and we can be cuddled and held and loved and strengthened and then released to go right back into the world and demonstrate that same love because, my friends, it is truly the love of God that draws all men. When Bev had this encounter and started coming, and that's so good, by the way, and started talking about drawing us to the heart of God, I began to look back into the scripture, and I believe the reason many of us, as we're sitting in these chairs, don't encounter more of the miraculous, more of God's provision and his goodness is because of our expectations. We just expect something negative. We expect something not to happen instead of happening because we're always struggling inside of us with what Bev was talking about, the, the true identity of who God is and what God wants to mean, be to us and mean to us. If you can imagine this, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and Holy Spirit had a meeting in heaven before you ever came to earth and talked about you and formed you and fashioned you according to the will of heaven to come to earth and live out a life on the earth. And when Jesus came and paid the ultimate sacrifice for our sin, that iniquity, that sin that Bev is talking about, that, that was finished. And we've got to realize, we've got to reacquaint ourselves, I think, with God. When, when, when we're called to repent, this word repentance, the Old Testament was much different than the New Testament. When you're asked to repent in the New Testament, you're not repenting from an old place. You're repenting to the new place, exactly. that, new, that new man, that new person. And so when we realize that, when, we're, when we find ourselves frustrated or we find ourselves struggling in a certain area, the enemy wants us to focus on that instead of turning toward and focusing on God and seeing that God, if, for example, if you're frustrated or you're having a frustrated situation, that's just our Heavenly Father teaching us patience. Well, and I think that's why it's so important when we do come to know Christ and we have that born-again experience, you know, the mind of Christ. I can, I'll never forget the first encounter that Kent and I actually had with this experience. I mean, true deliverance and repentance. Uh, Kent had been called into the ministry. I don't know that we were actively working yet, but he came home from work one day and he said, I feel like I have a claw in my head, he said, that is just squeezing and my mind will not work. I can't, I can't get anything to, to function. And he said, I think I'm losing my mind. And just like this, I mean, I was such a novice. But literally, the words came right out of my mouth. And much like what's happening with these chairs at our house, the prophetic realm is just 
awesome. But I said, why don't you just go ahead and lose your mind and lose your carnal mind? And literally, it lifted yes. just that fast. But we actually said, won't you go ahead and lose your mind and get the mind of and Christ? And get the mind of Christ, absolutely. That, for us, is a, it's a pursuit. It's a daily quest. I mean, do, do you think that both of us wake up every day and, and we're just totally functioning in the absolute love of God and the mind of Christ and everything's perfect? Think again. My heart in sharing that with you is we go right back to, and there's a theory right now about debunking the, you know, reptilian brain and why we live for the negative and how we're wired and all of that. But the truth is, unless we are renewed in our mind and we do grow into the mind of Christ and, and we understand the word and we understand how to make right choices and we demonstrate those. We all live in a fight or flight mentality and we're all adrenal driven when things go wrong. And so when you have the mind of Christ, you are filtering it through all of the gifts of the spirit, peace, joy, righteousness, patience, long suffering. Well, this is something that, I, that that jumped on me when you were talking about this is, you know, we think the fruits of the Spirit that you're mentioning in Ephesians 5, long-suffering, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, we think, which is true, God is calling that from us, right? These are the fruit of the Spirit, right? Yeah, this and is so, where it gets really interesting. So this is the fruit of the Spirit, all these nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. This is the way we should be living. What we tend to forget is this is who God is. God is that. And so when God is dealing with me and God is dealing with you, he's only dealing with us in kindness and gentleness and love and joy and long-suffering and patience and goodness. And we forget, we, we, we somehow take God out of that equation and say, well, God's this angry, you know, going to get you God, yet he wants us to live with these fruits of the Spirit. He is the Spirit, and those are his fruits. So when he's dealing with us, calling us to repentance, it's always through long-suffering and joy and, and peace. There's, there's joy in repentance when you realize God's just trying to teach us and lead us into a place of more abundant life and living. Well, and I think the other interesting thing about that is it's really, you know, who's eating from your tree. Because the peace and the joy are for us. Everything else is to be enjoyed by others. That's what a, 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 an old pastor in Africa told me one time. He said, if you don't have a lot of people around your life, check the fruit of your tree because the only two fruits of the Spirit for you are joy and peace. Right. The others are for everybody to eat off your tree. But this is this life, this place of repentance we're just trying to get to today. I know some of it may sound a bit mystical, but we've got to change. Oh, it's definitely but mystical. But we've got to change our minds. We've got repent literally means change the way you think. We've got to start thinking about God differently. We've got to start thinking about people differently. We've got to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us, and we've got to start seeing people the way God sees people. If this happens, then it's going to be very easy to love God with all our hearts and love our neighbors as ourselves because we've got to reacquaint ourselves, I believe, in this season with who God is. When we go through trauma, we go through pandemic, we go through trial, if we're not careful, the enemy will come in and will try to get us to begin to think only negative expectations instead of the fruitful expectation of faith. And so I just wanted to so you know that we're actually telling you scripture, give you just a few quick scriptures on repentance. These are New Testament scriptures about repentance. Mark 1.15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent 
and believe the gospel. Not repent from sin so you don't go to hell. Repent and believe the gospel. What's the word gospel mean? Good news. And so when so so Jesus is saying, quit thinking about negativity and the negative results and expecting them. Believe the gospel. And the gospel is that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, Jesus provides, and it's all been made possible through his atonement. So get our faith expectation back in this season of the good things that God wants to do. How about Acts 3, 19 through 21? There again, there again repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Actually, the right translation is knowing your sins have already been wiped out. See, I think a lot of times we're repenting for something that's dead. We're actually dead in Christ and alive unto God. And so when we find ourselves in negative behavior or even uh, behavior that's harming ourselves, that's, we don't repent from that in the New Testament. We repent to what God is actually calling us into. And so it says, repent, turn to God, that sin because your sins are wiped out and times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. I just believe that right now, even in this moment as Bev and I are gathered with you, that there's just going to be a refreshing of the Holy Spirit here. Just just flow right through this today to you, just refreshing you, renewing your mind, that you wake up in the morning and you're expecting something good to happen, that when the phone rings, you're not expecting a negative report, you're expecting a positive report. You're, you're turning your thinking back toward the things of God. And, of course, last but not least, Matthew 3, 2, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus saying, change the way you think because quit thinking that I'm going to heaven one day. Begin to realize the kingdom of heaven is here. What is the kingdom of heaven? Righteousness, peace, and joy. This is something we've got to get back as believers, and that's joy. Joy is the number one commodity in the kingdom of God. And so when we talk about repentance, we're not talking about a sad, somber Come to the altar, cry over your sins. We're talking about a joy in repentance because we know we're going to something that God has already provided for us to have in the realm of the Spirit. He's bringing us into a new place of abundance, bringing us into a new understanding, bringing us into better relationships with one another, bringing us out of worry and doubt and fear and unbelief into a place of joy and peace in believing. So we just really believe this Pentecost is God's time. It's the time of revelation and provision for us to repent. In other words, turn back toward God and let your expectations get high again. Bev mentioned it earlier, repent. Re means again. Pent means top, where we get penthouse. Go back to the top. And so this is the season that we get back off the bottom and God gives us opportunity to get back on top and begin to move supernaturally with the Lord again. Come on, Beth. It was really a, just an amazing dream and an amazing experience. I, I woke up and I just felt confident and connected. I, th I think that was more of the experience just because everybody makes mistakes. Everybody gets something wrong. That's just, that's an unrealistic expectancy to think you're going to get everything right. But just be blessed. And, and as you turn to God, just know he really does want to gather you up. He wants to be right there with you in everything. And um, I was walking through my house the other day. I have to tell this on myself. And I had forgotten that uh, our son and daughter-in-law were upstairs. And when I'm in the house by myself, 
I talk to the Lord just like I'm sharing with you today. And I was just going after it. I mean, I was talking about my morning. I was talking about how much I had enjoyed him during my worship. And I was just talking about all my scriptures. And all of a sudden, I realized I wasn't alone in the house. And, you know, a lot of times that'll happen when just the Spirit of God comes. But I was hoping that they had not heard me down there just to talk because I was not praying. I was literally having a full-blown conversation. And I want to encourage you, there is absolutely something so incredible about just have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. Tell him all about your troubles. He'll hear your faintest cry. And? Answer by and by. And there you are. Feel a little prayer will turn him. No little fire is burning. Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. That's exactly right. (laughs) And so I encourage you. And just as we we come into this Pentecost weekend, celebrate big. We have a lot to really celebrate. We've all overcome. We're all still here. Uh, Of course, you're listening. You're here. And we keep moving on. And I know it's been a hard year for everybody. And there's just so much in our atmosphere. But remember, you have authority over your atmosphere. You can change the atmosphere in which you're in, begin to decree and declare God is there with you, and he really wants you to walk in all of the things that we've shared with you today, righteousness, peace, and joy. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. Don't negate the power of that. We all need to be comforted, and there aren't always individuals there to wrap their arms around you, but he will. He's here for us. He loves you. You are not separated from God. That's what Jesus died on the cross for us to understand. We have been called in. We have been grafted in. We are part of the family tree. And so you have all of the blessings that are inherent in that. That's your inheritance. And you don't have to wait until you see him face to face. You're living it right now. I really... there's so much of this to unpack and so we're not getting it to all today and we'll wind down here but uh, you know uh, there's there's something when you read the Bible out of context you get conned confused complex yes and in Hebrews 6 it talks about that if you willfully sin after knowing after understanding the gospel if you willfully sin it's like treading asunder again the blood of Jesus and there's nothing that awaits you but a fearful expectation of judgment and that's been preached for years by preacher to make preachers to make people think that if we get stuck in a habit if we get stuck in an old mindset which we all do and it's and it's sin for us because it's destructive behavior and so we get stuck there and this scripture would make us think that it makes us believe that you know we are treading on the blood of Jesus and there is no place of repentance and just a fearful expectation of judgment but if you reread that and understand, that's being written to the Jews. And what, who's it being written to? Those who serve in the temple. And what's happened? Christ has already shed his blood once and for all. Uh-huh. There is no need for more atonement. There's no need for more blood to be applied. But they keep daily going into the temple. This was years after Christ had been, had been raised from the dead. They kept going into the temple trying to offer animal sacrifices to appease God. And God said, if you keep doing this, willfully sinning, what's happened is you're insulting the spirit of grace. That's it. You keep trying to make atonement. 
And you, what, when you do that, you're trotting on the blood of Jesus that's already made the way into the Holy of Holies. And what happens is you, you get stuck under a curse of only a fearful expectation of judgment. Did you know there's people who actually believe God is putting sickness on them? God is doing these things because of judgment. I'm here to tell you Jesus has removed all of that. You, we are no longer separated from God. Romans 8 says, Who can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Can persecution or trouble or trial or tribulation or death or life or principality power? No, nothing can separate us from the love of God which has been demonstrated through Christ Jesus. And so we are calling you today to repent. Yes, repent and turn toward God not away from the negative. Just quit focusing on the negative and just start focusing on the goodness of God because we prophesy to you. You will taste and see that the Lord is good and you will see the goodness of God demonstrated to you in the land of the living. So, Bev, would you just take a minute and pray for everybody? And then, uh, Brian, if you guys don't mind, will you reprise that first song again uh, just at the end so we can worship a little bit more? But we just want to pray and release this spirit and now free ourselves to believe for miracles. Believe for God to move supernaturally in your life. Believe for God to manifest. That was the message of A.A. Allen. God's a good God. God doesn't want you sick. God doesn't want you broke. God doesn't want you defeated. God came that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. So we want to release that spirit to you today and unlock something for you in the spirit realm in Jesus' name. And Father, we come to you right now, and that's exactly what is happening here. I can hear them unlocking in the spiritual realm. Father, all of those that have really been under the oppression and depression of demonic activity and strongholds, believing they're never going to overcome, they're never going to be able to get out of whatever it is they're in. Father, I speak release right now in the name of Jesus. Just release. Just begin to release it all. Begin to let it go. Begin to receive and accept what Christ has already done for you. And so, Lord, as we come into your presence this morning, I pray for every person within the sound of our voice, and I pray that this begins to resonate into the atmosphere and to go out into the spheres of influence that every single person represents. We release healing. We release joy. We, we release peace. Father, and especially for those who are dealing with any kind of mental health issues, whether it's a result of isolation from the pandemic or whether it's been health issues and whether you're, you're just alone and you spend your time alone, you are never alone. The comforter is there with you. And so we speak life and peace health and strength, refreshing, renewal, redemption, all of the things that Father God has for us to live in this realm, in this earth. Father, we're not waiting to meet you face to face. We've met you. We've met your son. And we know that you have left the comforter here. We've got that anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. So now, the Father, release that. Release that right now. Just, Father, just release your peace. We're turning to you, Almighty God. We're no longer separated, not by sin, not by iniquity, not by curses, not by words spoken, not by judgment, not by anything, Father God, that would hinder or prevent us from hearing your voice clearly. Gather us up, Lord. We are your children. Speak. 
speak clearly to us, Father God. Guide us, lead us, teach us. Enlarge our capacity to know you more, to hear you more. Oh, Father God, we want to be like children, innocent, willing to learn, ready to sit at your feet, ready to run and play and leap, ready to be filled with your joy, with your presence. Can't you just feel that? He's right here. He's right there with you. He's in your heart. Singing hallelujah 
witness to you today we just feel something special sitting in the witness of miracles that God just demonstrated his goodness for years and years and years in these chairs and we just just as an act of faith release that to you today God's doing something very special set your expectations high because God's going to meet them he said he would do abundantly above and beyond what we could ever dream think or imagine we can't wait to see you here on campus next Sunday, 23rd, 10 a.m. with Chuck Pierce as we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost and celebrate the goodness of God and step into our next season of harvest. We love you guys. We bless you today in Jesus' name. Have a great day. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.